Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we passively learn about sex, get turned on, and gain inspiration about how to turn our partners on while actively listening to the sexiest parts of our guest lives. Our guest today is 21. She's a white androgynous cis female. She's pansexual, into choking, slapping, bondage, DS play, and continuing to explore. She's a full-time student and certified nursing assistant from the Midwest. Welcome, Finn. Hi. So for starters, if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame-a-meter today, with one being the least shame-me, like you're like, I don't care, and 10 being like, I'm super full of shame, what number are you? I would put myself at a one. Oh. I don't feel like I've ever really experienced shame at all. Wow. Okay, I'm so excited to hear that. What is your sex life like right now? Just a quick overview, one or two sentences. It's really great, and I would say it's always evolving, Fuck always yeah. growing. Beautiful. So take us back to your early experiences. When do you first remember hearing about sex and how did you make sense of it as a young person? I remember the first time I ever heard the word sex. I was in kindergarten class sitting next to a kid who was a little bit on the stranger side. And I remember he was making it. He would just always say these inappropriate things that I'm sure he had gotten from his parents or something like that. And I remember that's the first time I definitively remember hearing somebody talk about sex. I didn't really know how to grasp it until I got the talk. And when did you get the talk? I was eight years old um, and on the way to Target with my mom. And we pulled into the parking lot and she goes, do you know what sex is? <laughs> what did you say? I was no, no, I don't. And she quite literally told me, well, sex is when the penis goes in the vagina. Any questions? That was it. I didn't know what to ask. So that was my talk. <laughs> Do you remember what prompted that talk? 
I, I don't know. I think that maybe, I don't know. I don't know why she had thought to just do that right then and there. So She's funny. always been that way, though, for a lot of things. What was the vibe in your household like around sex? So that seems relatively open, although not particularly detailed. Did your parents ever talk about sex? Well, so my parents were divorced from the age of two on. So it was com- it was completely split depending on what household I was at. Okay. So my mom and my stepdad, they, they aren't weird. They were never were shameful about sex. It was just we never never talked about it. You know, it was kind of like, if you have any questions, you're open to ask. And I just don't think they ever really wanted to know. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, my dad's household. So he quite literally raised me in a religious cult. And I know that sounds super extreme, but it's 100% what it was. So their ideas of sex were totally different. And like, they wanted me to have an arranged marriage and to stay a virgin until I was married. And there, it was a hush hush, like even gay, like talking about being like gay or anything like that was, that was inappropriate. That was like, they, they would boycott Kraft Mac and cheese for openly supporting it. And they just like, no talk of sex in the household. Whoa. Can I ask what your relationship with them is like now? Are you out to them? I don't, I'm not, I don't talk to them. I don't have a relationship at all. It ended when I was about 14 and I will, so like, when my grandpa has Christmas on his side, I'll see him there and I will see his wife there. But I don't, besides that, I don't really have a relationship with them and I'm not out to them. Okay. So being raised partly in a cult, was it shared custody? Yeah. yeah. Wild. What was that like? Really part-time culting. <laughs> <laughs> so did that create a dynamic of having to keep secrets in that case or yeah what what did yeah what was that like for you so it was very like in my mom's household they accept religion my mom identifies as a lutheran but we never went to church there and then when going to my dad's house it was totally the opposite like i had to keep up this persona of like having a relationship with god and wanting to be a christian girl and wanting to be the perfect wife and like their their expectations so then it would go to my mom's house and it was completely different it was just me and there were no expectations like that and so it was just like half time I had to do that and and there was a lot of secret keeping wow so your mom had kind of an open door policy but did you ever take her up on it sex wise <laughs> not much i never I don't know why. It wasn't that she made me uncomfortable. I think that I was always just too nervous myself to ever talk about anything. Yeah. And then also growing up, I kind of had a late jump on a lot of things. So there, for there was a long time where maybe kids would have been talking to their parents. I wasn't even really thinking about it for a while. Mm. Even when I was like 14, 15, 16, I remember my friends kind of all being interested in guys and talking about wanting to have sex or doing naughty things with their boyfriends, things like that. And it just, I never was interested or felt like I needed to go and have those experience while my friends were. And do you feel like being raised partly in a cult, half part-time, how did you say it? Part-time in a cult? (laughs) Part-time culting. (laughs) So do you feel like you're part-time culting? How do you feel, if at all, that it affected your sexual self? It did. I, um, 
I, for a long time, thought I just never really questioned. I just felt that there was a, a vision of something that I had to conform to be. Like back then, it definitely created a level of shame for me to want to even explore further than the vision they had for me. Did you go to public school? I did. Did you get sex education there? We had like a health class that did like a short section yeah. on like how to put a condom on and what STIs and STDs were. And that was it. Just one section. And there was, it really wasn't that great. It was pretty much an abstinence focused, don't have sex until you're ready thing. That's surprising to me because you're 10 years younger than I am. And did you ever hear anything about consent? I remember I there was nothing that ever gave me a full grasp of what consent was, not until I was even in college. Mm. But I remember in eighth grade, I was in what they called facts class. It was like family and cooking or something oh, right. like that. And they, did, they did like a section where she kind of talked about consent and the most it really was, was this like 30 minute video of different clips of couples that were like maybe making out at a party or in bed or something. And the guy would be like, Oh, don't you love me? If you, if you did, you would have sex with me. And then the girl would always just be like, no. And it was like a 30 minute clip of that. And that was it. There was no anything beyond like you can tell, you can tell your boyfriend no kind of thing. Wow. So when did you start, when and how did you start learning about sex then? I think the most, like growing up in that age, I, there was a lot of back of the bus talk, if you know what I mean. I've heard about this from other people, but I sat at the front of the bus. <laughs> there was, a, I rode the bus with the same three kids for like, all the way until I started driving, really. Yeah. And it started a lot there where one of them was older, one of them was the same age as me, and everybody would, like, talk about it and talk about maybe, like, giving blowjobs or, I don't know, just, like, weird things would happen all the time back there that was kind of, like, I remember one time they had a condom and they would, like, blow it up like a balloon. And so that's kind of where it began. And then... I think that I didn't really start learning more about like what sex really was like until I started having it. Mm. And did you start having it with yourself or with partners? I definitely did. I masturbated as a child. I remember like being in the bathtub as a kid and touching myself, but never any kind of like I'm getting pleasure out of yeah. it. It was more just of like, oh, that's a feeling, you know. I never fingered myself until I started having sex. Um, I also didn't. I was all outside masturbate. Did you make yourself come no. before you started having sex, though? No. Never. So what was your play like pre-sex? It would mostly just be like me laying in bed before bed and just touching myself for a while and then going to bed. And that was it. And can you tell us a little bit about when and how you started having partnered sex and what it was like for you? The first time I had sex was with my first boyfriend at 17, and that was, it was, I don't want to say terrible, because the experience wasn't terrible, but the sex itself, like, we didn't understand anything about foreplay, so I was really even too dry for him to put his penis in me, yeah. and, like, it was just kind of awkward, and then after, literally after he rolled over, he's like, so, do you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> 
And I was like, sure. <laughs> that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. And then from there on with this first boyfriend I had at 17, we kind of learned about having sex together and things just like we would try new things. And you're like, oh, okay, like this works or this doesn't work. But even while that was going on, things always felt wrong. I never really felt like I enjoyed myself Hmm. so much as just felt like I was like sex was something I was supposed to do, something that should feel good. So I'll pretend like it does Mm. kind of thing. Can you speak a little bit to what it actually did feel like for you at the time? It just really didn't even feel like anything to me at the time. It just felt like something a boyfriend and girlfriend did and that when the boy when my boyfriend came it was over and that was it and just to clarify about the first experience you had with him you said you were so dry it was hard for him to get in but it sounds like he did get in um not the first time okay. the but eventually the i'm the second time he did for sure okay. and from there on but the absolute first first time it didn't happen and when you guys were learning together was that literally just directly experimenting with each other or did you ever do any research? No, it was just directly experimenting. Okay. And did you ever reach a point with him where it did feel good or was the whole duration of your relationship sort of just like, huh? Yeah, it was just kind of like, huh. I just think that like being a male at a young age too, I don't think he understood really what sex was like supposed to be like for girls. So there would be a lot of times where we'd go weeks in a row where he wouldn't want to have sex. He would just want to have a blow job and then he would never reciprocate oral sex at all. And it was just like that. And I just thought that that's what it was supposed to be. Wow. Do you remember where you got any of those ideas from? Was it from other people? Or was it just like, Oh, I guess I'll just go along with this relationship. Cause I don't know. Yeah. I think it was just, I don't know how I necessarily got that idea. I think it's just a very like, like a norm almost for people to just think that girls please the men and that's what it is. Mm. And I think that I just kind of had gotten that idea from hearing my friends talk about sex, hearing about sex and music and on the TV and things like that. And was he the one that fingered you first or was that somebody else? He fingered me one time and then I kind of realized, okay, that was something I could do. But I didn't do it much even from there on. Yeah. I just couldn't. I tried it a few times and I couldn't figure out how to like actually make myself feel pleasure from it. Mm -hmm. Not until probably about a year ago. Okay. And can you tell us a little bit about what shift has occurred in that time or since the sex with this boyfriend? Well, I think a lot of self-discovery happened. I kind I had one other boyfriend in between. So I'd only dated two guys and I had that one boyfriend for a few months and he started like this. He was a lot more focused on me and was a really good boyfriend and wanted to please me, but I, but I could still feel that something was wrong. Mm. It just didn't jive with me. I didn't enjoy it. I found myself avoiding having sex. And Mm. then, and then I kind of realized I was gay or, Oh, well, pansexual. I just kind of say gay, but pansexual is how I identify. I realized that I um, wasn't straight at the time and that it wasn't it wasn't my boyfriends that were the problem. It was me even having boyfriends in the first place. That was the problem. And that kind of shifted a lot for me, realizing what 
that there was a whole world of sex that I had never even explored before, thought about exploring that I could dive into. What led you to this exploration? That's a really weird story. So I was like freshly 18 and I was working at this pizza shop during the winter break and I met this woman. She was significantly older than me and she invited me over for drinks and there was just a vibe all night and I had known that I or known that I had wanted to have some kind of experience with the girl. I had been thinking about it. I was ready to try it. And I think that just like one thing led to another and she had called another person over and I ended up being in a threesome with them. <laughs> wow. And was that other person female bodied or male bodied? Male bodied. Okay. How was it? So that was my first experience with the woman. It was, I was the center of attention and I realized, and I've experienced a lot of pleasure and I wasn't even, I didn't actually even have like sex with the guy. Like penetrative. Yeah. It was just all basically the, the woman focusing on me and it felt really good. And I realized that this was, this was something I liked. Wow. How had you gotten the idea that that was something you'd wanted to explore? I can't really remember a specific like light bulb turning on or anything like that when I knew that I wanted to maybe start exploring. Mm -hmm. So I just remember feeling like something was off with my second boyfriend at the time and thinking maybe it was time to try something new. And then I kind of also had like a girl crush on a coworker at the time. And then I didn't really fully understand that, but I knew it was a girl crush. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this is something to try. When I had my first girl crush, I was like, yeah, but it's a girl crush. I'm straight. Like, it's just a girl crush. Like, how did you contextualize it in your brain? Did you know there was potential for romantic attraction or what was your definition of a girl crush? Well, at the time, I didn't fully understand it, but I just, I knew it was different than just like really liking that girl Mm. as a person or whatever. Mm -hmm. I found like, I had weird like emotions of like wanting to take care of her and wanting to because I mean fast forward now I'm I'm a dom and I kind of that kind of explains those feelings a little bit more but at the time I remember feeling like I wanted her to be my girl and to take care of her and all that so this threesome experience which was your first time with a lady body what happened after that how did that affect you after that, it was just like a door open. I'm like, okay, I had this experience. I'm ready to do it again. And I'm ready to see where it goes. And are you out to your mom and stepdad? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm out to them and they, they understand that and everything. Cool. So when you were off to explore, what did that look like? How did you do it? I went on Tinder and Bumble and kind of started talking and texting to females and like sexting a little bit. How was that? And then, how did you know how to sex? Did you, had you been doing it with boyfriends for practice or how did you know what to say? Yeah. Like I had, I had sent nude photos before. I never did that with the beginning, like Bumble, Bumble Tinder experience. It was just more of like, just like saying things that I knew happened. Like, Oh, I want you to sit on my face or something like that. How did you know those things existed? I think just like more of the back of the bus talk. And then also, I mean, I don't know how I didn't realize I was gay as a kid because I remember like Googling girls kissing on YouTube when I was like eight or nine years old yeah. and like in on my grandma's laptop. And 
things like that. <laughs> so I just, I think, and then I had also had watched porn at my mom's house and things like that. Oh, and I really? never, I never watched straight porn. I always watched girl on girl porn. And, um, that's kind of also where I got a lot of the, how I knew what to say. That makes sense. Yeah. I wish I had sat at the back of the bus and I wish that YouTube had existed <laughs> when I was much younger. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, how do you get women to respond to you? Cause I've only had one respond to me and she was talking to a dude I was already talking to. So it was, so I've never had like a lady respond to me on a dating app that wasn't partnered with somebody that I was already talking to. I can't really remember. I think I had put in my bio something about wanting to or talk to women specifically and that that's what I was looking for. Okay. I can't remember what I said. I knew that there was like the rainbow emojis and I put the letter L so I would, people knew I was talking to, trying to talk to lesbians and things like oh, that. Oh, see, I don't know about L's. Okay, so what did it lead to then? Well, for a little while, it kind of led to a period of loneliness for me. I, I was living in the dorms away from my hometown, and I remember just like really wanting to have a girlfriend or somebody to take care of and somebody to want me and... And I was lonely for a little while until I met my now girlfriend. How did you meet your now girlfriend? Well, okay. So this story is, goes further back. It's, we were really good friends at the time. And I don't, I saying that I met her was wrong. Kind of realized that I wanted to be with her, mm -hmm. but like we, I met her freshman year of college and we we used to, we had a friend group. We used to always go to like the house parties together and things like that. And we got really close and then we were super close sophomore year. And all we did was hang out all the time, all day, every day. We would just hang out and smoke and chill and that was it. And then junior year is when I, I realized that I liked her and okay, we were intoxicated and I, um, I just remember looking at her and being like, I want you and really bad. And then from there on, we just, things just kind of led, one thing led to another. Amazing. Had you been with other women in this span of exploration? Because it sounds like there were a couple years between your threesome pizza experience. <laughs> that's, that's not what I should call it. Threesome pizza. It had nothing to do with pizza. <laughs> it sounds like it was a couple of years from your threesome experience up until you got with your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah it was. I never really had like, I don't know. No, I didn't have full-on sex with a girl and tell her again after that yeah there was a, a lot of the dirty talking and like kissing rubbing but it never actually had like sex sex with a girl and tell her yeah. after that so how did you feel then being with this person you like so much for the first time that was a lady body like how how was it for you it was really intimidating at first because I, when it came time, I was like, holy shit. Like I've been in this position with girls before, but now it's time for me to make this girl come. And I don't know if I know how. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really intimidated. And then I started doing it and I, and I realized, okay, this is how. How did you realize it? What do you mean? I remember like 
like eating her out and watching her squirm when my tongue would go over her clit and things like that. And being like, okay, focus on the clit and then focusing on the clit. And then like, we were also really communicative of things that we like to do together. So I knew that she wanted to be, um, she wanted to be fingered and, and licked at the same time. And that would make her come until we started getting toys, of course. (gasps) Okay. Okay. I want to hear about toys, but first, will you tell us the details of how you go down on people of both body parts? Well, I haven't given a blowjobs since my second boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really, I never had a technique for that. It was just, you just put a mouth on it. Yeah, just put a mouth on it. But for, for going down on my girlfriend or just or girls or whatever, um, I usually will start really slowly licking up and down until everything is like kind of wet and she's really into it. And then I'll start like doing like a, like that flat wide tongue. I'll try to like press with pressure up and down until I'm like focusing mostly on the clit. Mm -hmm. And then I will like, like swirl my tongue around it and maybe do like like flicks really fast a little bit and then stop and then go really slow and then flick it again for a little bit longer the next time. Fuck yeah. Do you also use hands at the same time? Yes, I do. So at the same time, after that goes on for a little while, then I'll, I'll maybe start to finger her or grab a toy and use that. How did you guys decide what toys to get and what ones do you have? Well, at first, it was just kind of like <laughs> the first toy we got, actually. So my roommate works for um, a sex toy business. Amazing. And she has a contact in her room, and she sells, like, really high-end, nice toys. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> Is this how you got into kink? How did you get into kink also? Like, where do kink and toys, like, what's our timeline like here? Like, how did you discover you're a dom? There was, so there was always kind of like an, un, like unspoken, not unspoken, but not very widely talked about pi- pow- power dynamic. She made it clear that she liked to be dominated, mm-hmm. but the, like the level of domination didn't really come until after we started using toys. Go on. So the first toy I'd gotten, she had done this, like every, like you can submit $10 to be in this drawing. And then I had won the drawing and it was just a vibrator for your clit. That was like $150 and I won it for $10 and it worked so awesome. I know. And once we started using that, it kind of like changed. I don't want to say it changed everything, but it kind of like there was a, there was a flip. Like we don't need to just use hands. And then from there on the next toy we bought was um, a butt plug because we had like I would sometimes mess around or like I would I'd eat her ass or I would finger her ass a little bit and then I talked to her about like would you be interested in getting a like a little tiny trainer plug just to wear and see how you feel and then we got like a glass dildo <laughs> and then it just went off from there and now we kind of have a little collection of things that's so cool <laughs> lovers this episode is sponsored by blue chew if you were listening to this You are probably like me, and you love sex. And you also know that fantastic sex takes more than just a boner. But if that's all that's missing in your connection with your partner, check out BlueChew.com. 
Bluechew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You know, that's my favorite. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with the awkwardness that exists because physicians are not often given great guidance about how to talk about sensitive personal things like boner softness, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. With Bluetooth, penis owners everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package has arrived, your package has arrived. And you know I love a good package. And I have to say, am I allowed to say this? It was very hot when I had a partner who I already had a good, trusting, open relationship. He'd been working on his anxiety, cutting down on screens, meditating, he quit smoking, he started exercising regular, cutting out processed foods, all of that stuff. He was just of a certain age, and I'll just say, the night that he told me he was making his package arrive, it was a very super hot extra layer of turn-on for me personally. So if it's for you, this is a super convenient resource. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com, chew it, and do it, and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. How did you get into butt stuff? Well, first, we had, when we had talked about it initially, she said that it just wasn't something that really turned her on. And I knew that that's not something like I don't like to be penetrated in my butt. So I understood that if that's how she felt, I didn't really question it. But then when she would like, like when we're 69ing and her asshole's right in my face, like sometimes I would lick it a little bit and she didn't mind. She liked that. She told me that that was okay. And then I asked her like, well, do you mind if I maybe put a finger in your butt or something? And she's like, well, you could try. And if I don't like it, I'll just tell you to stop. So then she ended up liking that. And then she ended up telling me that she wanted me to do that more. And it kind of became a regular thing when we would 69, I would um, put a finger in her butt and eat her ass a little bit. And that just kind of escalated from there. Fuck yeah. Do you ever do the like two finger or multiple finger front and back at the same time thing with her? She like that? I've, I've tried or I will, um, I will sometimes use like use the plug. It's a little bit like straight and long so I can kind of like pull it in and out like an emotion like that. And then I have also used the glass dildo at the same time when like holding her like feet or like I'll tie her ankles together and like kind of hold them up while she's laying on her back and do that. What do you tie them with? We have like different things. We have like long scarf type fabric that mm-hmm. is that we'll like we'll use as like um, sometimes a blindfold or a gag or sometimes if it's the only thing in reach, I'll like right like tie her to the bedpost with it. We just have like like rope and other things. I don't know how to explain what kind of rope it is. Just some kind of cord yeah, that yeah, we bought. Yeah, the cord that won't saw your body parts off. Tell me more about your dom self. What's she like? What does she like to do? I, well, my favorite thing to do is she likes to piss me off. So like the, uh, we kind of have this power dynamic. Will it just like extend into little parts of like even non-sexual parts of our life? Like she'll, we have like what we call the brat rules. 
and it'll be like, you're not supposed to talk back to me. If I give you a chore, you do it. And she, there's a rule where she has to get permission for what underwear she wears every day. And so like these will, like, we'll just do these little things throughout the day. And then she'll like purposely, she'll like just jump out of the shower and throw on any underwear in front of me without asking on purpose just to piss me off. And then what do you do? And then it'll be like, we'll maybe like add up. I'll be like, sometimes I'll leave a note and I'll be like, I want you to send me a picture of the underwear you're picking after your shower. And I want you to send me a picture of your ass. And then I want you to like fold the socks. And then I'll be like five spankings for everything you don't do. And then she'll, she'll specifically not do things. And she'll be like, well, now I have to guess I have to get 10 spankings tonight. And and I'll make them counter, like count them off and things like that. That makes me so happy. Where did you get these ideas? You sound like a very creative dom and she sounds very lucky to have you. I, I don't know. It just, uh, it just started, just started some, like, we always talk about sex. We kind of, I kind of make it a point, like we're weekly where I'll just even ask her, like, you know, like, how do you feel about sex? So like right now, are you like feeling good? Is there any, like anything you want more of anything you want less of things that you want me to do? And when that, when we have those conversations, like things will just pop up where she'll be like, I really like this. And I kind of want you to take it further next time or things like that. How did you come up with the idea to have sexual check-ins with your partner? I, I've always just been that type of person to really need communication. I, I have, I have what's called pure OCD. It's more of the intrusive and obsessive thoughts than it is the compulsions. Mm. So I, I will obsess constantly about what she's thinking or how she's feeling. And that's just a way that I've always been. So one way that I combat that is to just like take away the need to obsess over things by communicating before I'm uncertain about anything where I just am making sure that there's that window where I'm like, well, maybe she's not telling me something. I just combat that by like being like, okay, is there anything you want to tell me? Like, what can I do? Cause we'll have those same kind of check-ins just about like our relationship in general and stuff like that. That's incredible. And it is a skill that I wish I had discovered sooner. Cause it's really for me only in the last year that I'm able to be like with a partner or potential partner. The story I'm telling myself about this interaction is blank. What's actually happening. And I, to me, that is something that I just think is so amazing that you already seem to have a grasp of. What I'm also hearing from you is that you have an incredible amount of awareness, even in the conversation that we've had around consent and communication and what is actually desired. How did you develop that? I don't, I don't know how I developed that. I've, I never had those conversations with other people, but I spent a, I spent a lot of time. I think my like being self-aware kind of developed with myself. I spent a lot of time alone and a lot of time thinking to my, like being in my own head and being comfortable with being in my own head. Hmm. And so I always, I never, I never had boundaries on what I would explore by myself at night. Like, I would do weird things. Like, I think a lot of my self-awareness came when I would do weird things. I would, there was like a phase where I wanted to be a witch. So I would, so I would always be like, I would always be Googling meditations Mm -hmm. and doing like body scans and trying to astral project. And it's a lot of my self-awareness of like 
like my subconscious and my and my like and my soul kind of became there. Yeah. And that was and that just kind of influenced a big part of my personality, I think, from then on out. And what conversations have you had with your girlfriend around health and safety to make the kink explorations feel good to both of you? Well, we've talked about having safe words. We when whenever we're trying something new, even if it's like the other day she wanted to try being fucked in the ass with our glass dildo. And if she wanted to be doing it in a power dynamic where I'm where she's being punished, I'm doing it to punish her. But at the same time, like when we're trying something new, like to make sure that she's comfortable and still wants what's happening, I will completely like kind of soften up and be like, okay, baby, is this what you like? Does this still feel good? Do Do you still want this? And then we'll like have conversations after, like when kind of like after care laying in bed, we'll just be like, okay, how did you like that? Do you want me to do it again? Did I, did I go too hard? Could I go harder next time? And so we kind of just really talk about everything we do like before, during and after. I love that. That is, that just makes me so happy for you. Um, One more thing on health and safety before we move on. When you were having sex with men, were you using condoms? How did those conversations happen, especially when you're very young? Well, one of the things that my mom had always told me was we have a very fertile family that she got pregnant on birth control. My grandma got pregnant on birth control. And just like a piece of me, like I am not a person who could ever be pregnant or give birth like that's. I don't want to say it's repulsive to me, but like the idea of me being pregnant is kind of repulsive and not me. So I was always super on high alert to not let that happen to me. So it wasn't even like a, like a health, I mean health, but like, it wasn't like a, for my protection against any kind of thing I could have contracted. It was just more of like a protection. Like I don't want to get pregnant. And I, we did have that conversation about um, STIs and STDs or anything. So how has discovering your dom self affected your entire life? Um, I think discovering my dom side kind of gave me a lot of confidence. I um, One of the things I've always been obsessed over is myself and not in like a, I'm like, I'm perfect and I'm obsessed with it way, but like a, I'm flawed and I'm obsessed Mm. with it. So I would always was super concerned with like what people saw when they were looking at me and being a dom, it kind of switched to to where like the people I once compared myself to, I'm like, I'm attracted to them. And I would, instead of thinking how they're looking at me, I'm like thinking about how I'm looking at them and it kind of like switched, like it just kind of switched on confidence. And then like, with my girlfriend, like walking around, my girlfriend is super hot, like so attractive. Fuck yeah. Like I will get bumps at the bar because she's so attractive. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like? Well, for a while, before I kind of kind of gained that confidence, there was always like a little bit of insecurity with myself mm. about it. Thinking like, especially like being two girls being like, oh, <laughs> I'm the ugly one. Like, and I know that that's not true, but like, there was a lot of that, like self self consciousness. And then realizing that, that she likes to be like dominated by me and that she's attracted to like the power that I, the power that I have over her, things like that kind of, it just made me more confident, like being with her too. Beautiful. What are some of your favorite things about sex? 
orgasming for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, What's your favorite love- way to orgasm right now? I really like it when my girlfriend will sit on my face and, but like kind of reversed and not necessarily in a 69 because she will, um, she'll like sit on my face. I'll be, I'll be either making her like ride a toy that I have under her or like my fingers or something. And then at the same time, she'll be like holding one of the vibrators on my clit or maybe like fingering me at the same time. And it's more like, I really get off like watching her like fuck my fingers or ride, ride something right on top of my face. That's my favorite way right now. And are you, how can you come physically speaking? Like, are you an inside, outside, both, one or the other? Nipples? I would say both. Okay. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever came from my nipples. Um, uh, me neither, I, but some people do. I know somebody that can come from their wrist. I'm like, okay, that's lucky I, you. I mean, not weird. that's amazing, but I've never, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what that feels like in my body. (laughs) I cannot imagine it. But I, both if it's just the out or for sure the clit has to happen. I've never came from just penetration, but like penetration will add to it if there's clit stimulation going on and it like kind of makes it deeper, I feel like. Totally. I interrupted you when you're talking about other favorite things about sex. So what? Oh yeah, um, I really like to... I really like watching my partner come. That's one of my favorite things is mm. like having myself in a position while I'm fucking her to where I can like literally watch come start coming out of her. That's one of my favorite things. I love to, I just love to make her come. I love to dominate her. I love to see her be dominated. I love how intimate it is. I love the connection it gives us. Can you just give us little snippets or overview? Like, will you just kind of like walk us through some of the favorite things that you do together in your dynamic? Sure. So tying up is one of the more like bigger things we do. I will, I can't, I mean, we've, we've done, I've, I've tied her so many different ways. I've tied her standing up with her like wrists bound like that to the ceiling. I've tied her like on the, on the four corners of the bed with like a wrist to to each side and the ankles tied to the legs of the bed. Um, I've just tied like her wrists with no ankles to the bed. Like we have a, like a pulley kind of bed post so I can tie rope a lot. Nice. Different parts. And then sometimes I'll, I like to like tie, I don't want to say like gag her, but I like to tie things in her mouth. So she like, can't maybe the, yeah, gagging. I guess I like to tie like scarves and shit stuff to gag her and we like to do a lot of choking it's like if like sometimes if we don't have the time to like sit there and have sex all night which is kind of what it usually is for us like Mm -hmm. if it's a like a quickie or something Mm -hmm. they'll still be like choking in that power dynamic she likes it when I like she likes to be talked to I'll I'll, like be like oh so you like you're gonna act like a brat all fucking day just so you can get slapped around like a little slut and things like that Um, so amazing (laughs) And so even when we're just like having like, like quick sets, like there's always the choking, there's always that power dynamic. We love to, um, I don't know how to explain it. I will like tie things to her body so she can't touch it, but then I don't have to be holding it at the same time. Like I've like tied her, our toys in a specific position to stay right on her body so I can like punish her. I like to, um, like tease. We do a lot of teasing. So if she's like specifically bratty or something, I'll be like, okay, now you have to tell me when you're going to come three times in a row and I'll pull it off and 
wait not let her come the first like one or two yeah. times or oh my god she likes to be slapped sometimes mm-hmm. and definitely a lot of spanking lovers we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice so i'm very excited and i'm going to do my best did you know the flora app is a safe place to open up embrace your desires and find like-minded people This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Did you ever, like, learn about how to spank, or have you just been practicing and figuring it out? Because, like, my first kink exploration, when I didn't know what I was doing, I was like, yeah, hit me in the face, and I got a black eye. So, how have you... I accidentally given her bloody noses, like, not in... Not in bed, like, it it would always be a situation, because we'll, like, sometimes tease each other, like, We'll, like, sneak off when we're drinking or something, and I'll, like, slap her in the face. And one time she, like, moved her head at the at the same time yeah. I was going to slap her. And and she just, like, she bruises so easily, and she gets bloody noses so easily that she got a terrible bloody nose. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, I guess, yeah, I never learned how to do it the right way. I just kind of practiced and know, like, to use the end of some of my fingers and to really watch how hard because like I want her to feel like I'm not like just you know it doesn't need to be a light tap but I also want her to not feel like yeah questionable about it and things like that yeah 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 and I, I will say it's always fun being around people who know how to stage slap or like you know you want to have a little bit of a cupped hand well I can't yeah so like that I yeah. barely hit myself but it makes a smack mm-hmm. but I also almost I had a guy hit my ear pretty hard and I thought I'd fucked up an eardrum too. So that's why I always ask people because I have been injured being kinky. How hard does she like to get hit? Um, it depends on her face, just enough for it to sting, sting. a little, mm-hmm. for her, mm-hmm. but on other parts of her body, like she likes, she will try to work me up into like slapping her on the ass so hard that she'll bruise or like get welts sometimes. And she like absolutely loves it. Have you ever hurt yourself slapping her? I mean, my hand is stung, yeah. but nothing ever. <laughs> not like anything more than that. I always wondered that with my former Dom. I'm like, is he, did he, like, would he even tell me if he, I don't think he would tell me, but. <laughs> um, 
Is it a lot of work to be a dom? Does it feel like work or does it feel energizing to you? Sometimes it feels like work, but in an energizing way. I don't, mm. I never feel like it's hard for me to do or like it's inconveniencing or like, yeah. or like a chore or anything like that. And especially like in the moment having sex, it's never too much work to be the dom. I love that. Mm. Sometimes they'll be just like, Sometimes like it'll be like if I that'll be like I can't tell if she's actually like in a mood or trying to piss me off. So like that's kind of the hardest mm. thing is just navigating outside of the bedroom. Like, is she wanting me to be a dom right now? And there's been times uh-huh. where I've been like responded to her being in a mood or like just having a bad day. I'll respond to her like she's trying to piss me off and like be a brat. Yeah. And it'll go wrong because it's it's I mean, if outside of that dynamic, like it would be rude for me to just say some of the things that I would say as a dom to her to that. I know that she likes sexually yeah. in those moments. So navigating that can be a little hard. Yeah. Cause it sounds like it, there is some integration in your outside life, but what does she just tell you? Like, no, stop it. Like real life or like what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You'll I'll know right away. I'll say something like, like, Oh, are you, you're being a bad girl. And yeah. She's like, no, I'm not like, stop. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then I'll know right away. Like, okay. And how does it feel to receive that? It's a, in the moment. It sometimes can be like, like, I feel bad about myself. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I should have realized. Mm. And then I also like on top of like with the pure OCD, I do do like a lot of obsessing about those, about like weird, strange moments that'll happen. So sometimes I'll think that it's like way bigger of a deal and that she's like super mad at me for getting the miscommunication mm. and she won't think about it past that moment. Like, tell me, no, I stop. The moment's over. We move on with our lives, but I'll sit there and be like, oh my God, she's yeah. like mad at me and I'll obsess over it sometimes. When did you receive your pure OCD diagnosis? Well, I was like formally diagnosed and given medication when I was 19, Mm -hmm. but it runs in my family. So it was something that we were always kind of aware of, but I never had medication for it until I was 19. Do you feel like that has affected your sexual self? Yes. I, I think that it was a huge thing because I, the OCD I just kind of always denied it for a long time and being with my girlfriend forced me to confront it. And there was like, when I started my medication, I lost my sex drive for like seven months and it was totally unlike me, but I just, and it wasn't that I didn't want to have sex. I just couldn't click that part of my brain on for Mm. some reason until I was actually in the act of having sex. So that affected our relationship for seven months and she had a lot of patience for me and totally understood the situation. But I know after a while it was just kind of, you know, hard to feel like, like I don't want her or something like that. Yeah. And now that I've been on my medication for over a year and a half and all that it's back and everything, but that did have a impact. And, and then the the intrusive thoughts and the obsession obsessive thoughts in themselves will cause me to to second guess myself sexually like like do I really want to do things or could I could I have done something differently or ways like that and how do you kind of navigate that or take care of yourself sexually speaking like how do you make sure that you're getting your needs met well communication is the biggest thing for me um hearing the words 
that she says puts keeps me in reality rather than in my head. Yeah. It keeps me in reality to just hear the words and to get that reassurance. So that's something that I ask for a lot is to just hear you say that you do like what I'm doing and she'll give that to me and that helps a lot. But besides that, I think just keeping like taking care of myself from in my day-to-day life and making sure that I'm not having um, episode relapses and things like that keeps just like making sure I'm healthy in every other aspect just kind of keeps my sexual me happy too. Yeah. Oh, good. What are your biggest turn-ons? Um, so my biggest turn on would for sure be the, the brat, the brattiness. I love that. I, I don't know how to explain it. I just usually am turned on when there's a vibe between us and like knowing that she's has that vibe and she's thinking about getting fucked by me and that turns me on. Yeah. What are your biggest turn offs? I don't think there's. I don't think there's much that my girlfriend herself could do to turn me off as a person. In general, everything then, outside of outside yeah, of your girlfriend. Everything he does is hot, but I think a huge <laughs> turn off for me is um, I'm kind of turned off by people who I don't that I don't like as people. So I like I, I I'm usually turned on by a person as a person themselves. So it's a huge turn off to me when I know that I don't jive with you as a person, even if you're maybe a sexually attractive person to me, if I don't jive with you as a person, that's a huge turnoff for me and would make something never happen. Or if I know that like my political ideas are a huge part of my character and things like that. So when I hear people say ignorant things or not even have uneducated opinions, but speak without education and things like that, are huge yeah. turnoffs to me too. Yeah. Yep. What have you not explored yet that you hope to explore? My girlfriend and I have recently been talking about maybe exploring kind of like group sex situations or possibly threesomes that we wanted to move into, but we're kind of just like treading lightly and letting it happen naturally for now. If we enter the realm of fantasy, what would have to be in place for a threesome or a group sex situation to feel really good and yummy for you? Um, my girlfriend would have to be the center of attention. That would be the number one, like most thing would, it would have to be about her mm-hmm. getting, it would probably be like in a fantasy situation. It would be her being fucked by all these people that I'm kind of like the ringleader of. Oh, Yes. And I'm, like, telling people how to fuck my girlfriend and what she likes and, like, kind of, like, controlling that. And then I would tell them, what to like, okay, you can stop fucking her. And then I will go in there and, like, make make her have, the like, the final orgasm. Fuck yeah. That would be super, super hot to me. And then having her make me orgasm. Details of this hypothetical fantasy that we're creating. Would you need to know all the people ahead of time? Not necessarily, but in real life, probably, but in fantasy, not necessarily. And in, let's call it the like hybrid of real life and fantasy. Like here's the fantasy, but we're trying to make it real. Would you probably try to have a conversation with those people about like, would you decide how you wanted each person to fuck her ahead of time? Or would you like get the general list of their preferences and decide in the moment? 
Yeah, there would have to be, yeah, it would have to be some kind of conversation where people know that that's what's going to be the vibe of the vibe of the event. Yeah. But I think it would, um, and I would definitely want to know like what certain people are like wanting to do, what they're wanting to receive, things like that. But yeah. like more of a go with the flow based on that information. Yeah. And do you think the two of you would sleep with mostly other ladies or lady bodied people? Or do you think you would invite pe penis people as well? We would invite penis people. We've talked about like situations where if we were to be in a threesome, it would have to be a guy because I don't, or, and it's not necessarily like it's a kind of a jealousy thing, but it's not mm -hmm. a jealousy thing. I think that she has talked about being uncomfortable seeing me as her dom fuck other girls, mm -hmm. but like to be fucked by another guy that I'm like controlling the situation is okay. I also just love the idea of you directing a bunch of dudes to fuck your girlfriend mm -hmm. and then like you finish and then she finishes you. Like, that's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and we've like, we've talked about in this situation, there being like a guy and like me possibly pegging them oh, or something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be so hot. And yeah. Uh, and then, and then like you guys can kiss and he's allowed to watch and okay. Yeah. I always think about configurations like that. In this fantasy scenario, where are you? Unlimited funds, unlimited access, where are you? Somewhere that I'm probably never going to go again. And not in like a, I'm so shameful, I need to never see these people again type of thing. But it's like I would maybe be on like a crazy vacation mm -hmm. with her or mm -hmm. something like that. Oh, yeah. That's where those experiences can be heightened and magical and not ruin the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> What else would you like to explore? Would you guys be open to going to sex parties or sex clubs? Yeah, we actually, that reminds me, we have talked about like maybe going to like do a dungeons or something like that. And we've talked about like sex parties and stuff like that. And we're not closed to the idea, but it just seems like, I mean, like physically just seems so out of the realm of possibility that we don't really spend too much time thinking about it yeah. like in the present. I feel like maybe like a year from now. <laughs> Yeah, start, something start. like that. Like, it's definitely not, like, there's not much that we have, really, than, I can't think of anything that we have, like, ex-nade out of the situation we would never try. Mm. I think we just, like, a lot of the times, too, like, well, what we do now is, like, we'll listen to your podcast and we'll hear other people's stories. And then we'll be like, would you want to try that? Yeah. And then we'll just kind of, like, we'll just do different things and try them and... That's awesome. Like, we'll just kind of go on as we go. We have nothing, though, that we are like, we won't do that. Really? Wait, what? No, okay, but, like, poop play, blood play? Okay, okay. That, those um, are the things that I always bring up when people are like, no, 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 we're open. And then I'm like, okay, but people are into these things. Or, like, feeding, like, there are people, I mean, there's so much stuff out there that's that's wild that's not for everybody. Uh, we've, like, never talked about, like, poop play or pee play or anything like that. I don't think like if that was something that she wanted to do, it wouldn't be out of the question for me. And I think it goes the same way for her. But I don't think it's anything that we necessarily want to do bad enough to yeah. incorporate it. I get that. So I'm hearing you talk about impact play with hands. Have you used toys to hit her at all? I have before, but we had like one weird thing and it broke. And then it was just never, we never kind of, felt the need to like replace that because I think she likes being spanked by me mm. kind of like quite literally will like I will lay her on my lap and spank her by her ass sometimes 
That's amazing. Are you usually on the bed or the couch or anywhere? Like, can you sit anywhere in a chair? Oh, that's so cool. What Have you guys had sex in places that are not normal for sex? Um, Maybe not anywhere. I can't think of anywhere particularly weird, but we've definitely had sex in probably just about every room of our house. Wait, we've... including roommates' rooms or no? Okay, not roommates' rooms. <laughs> okay, uh, just checking. <laughs> But like definitely like our communal living room, the kitchen, down like the basement and the laundry room. And then we'll like we've done it like in like at my parents' house. Well, they're there? Like well like sleeping, it's happened before, but okay. not like the actually one thing that just came to my mind was one of the weirdest places. Not not weird. One of the most different places I fucked her is at my job. <laughs> the pizza place I work at. I, one time I sent one of my coworkers home early and locked the doors, right, like, right at close, and then, like, like, pushed her into the back and, like, fucked her over one of the tables, and then, of course, I, like, had to bleach it down and stuff out. <laughs> it's very responsible. Like, yeah, cleaned it up really, like, really well after, but we, I did that to her once, and. So awesome. One time I parked at a gas station parking lot to fuck her. Were there people? Because she was being really in the car. We, we, like, try to park, like, in the way back where there are no cars in that mm-hmm. row and fa- facing away from things and towards the trees, but... Can you paint um, the picture of that scenario so you guys are driving? Is it, like, a road trip or is it, like, a little across-town drive and she's being so bratty, you're like, all right, I'm going to do it? <laughs> um, no, so when I was working at this pizza shop, it was it's about 45 minutes north of the town I live in. Mm. And there was a period because I was getting paid um, really, like really good cash tips and things like that. So it was worth it for me to drive yeah. and then also live in this town and drive there a couple days a week. And so she would come with me because I would just deliver pizza and she could sit in the car. So she'd come with me. And then sometimes like one time on the way home, she was being really bratty. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, you can shut your mouth. You can wait till we're home and I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. And then she's like, you're not going to do anything. Like, just like egging me on. And then we were like right about to hit a gas station. So I pulled in and I was like, I'm not going to do anything, huh? Like, find out. <laughs> That's amazing. How was it being dominant in the car? What was that like? How did, where did you, were you in the back seat or how was it? I, uh, I reached over her and and press the lever to make her fall all the way back and then just kind of like hovering like with like had my knees on my center council just kind of like hovering over her like like she's like this in front of me like choking her and fucking her at the same time and then oh my god (laughs) that's amazing roommates how loud are you is that ever an issue (laughs) um my roommates are pretty cool okay they I have two other roommates and they're not the one that is like shares a wall with me she keeps her tv on so loud that there's no way that she could hear much of anything <laughs> okay and she's always been that way she just like will fall asleep with her tv at like volume 100 every night wow and so that just <laughs> so that just kind of drowns any sound and then my other roommate is a very open sexually person and like he will have sex with his door open and oh wow things like that how does that make you feel at first when I didn't realize that that's what was going on and you like walk past and the door is open and then you like look to say hi or something and you're like oh sorry but now I just know that like if his 
his person that he likes to be with. If she's coming over, I just kind of know, like, you know, just mind your business, walk by and whatever. And it doesn't really bother me. I've like, I've heard them having sex through my floor, but I'm sure that they've heard us. So mm. it's just kind of like, that is wild to me that they don't close the door. I could not imagine living with roommates that I haven't like had an intimate relationship with. How do you think he would respond if like one day you just like were like sitting on the floor outside his door when the door was open, like with a bowl of popcorn, like just for a bit, like just to, to tease? I, I think he would be into it. Um, he's <laughs> always he's always been dropping like not even hints. I can't even say hints, but he's like always for some reason op- open and wants my girlfriend and I to have a threesome with him and not oh. in like a not in like a creepy way because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. there's always creepy guy that's like oh come over with me ladies um yeah yeah, um, yeah he's no. he's super sexually open and he's like we always talk about sex and I know that he's he likes to please more than anything oh. and so for some reason he's like really into that but we are just kind of like no you're our roommate maybe in a maybe in another time but like it's just we just don't want to create that dynamic and have anything get awkward or anything. So and it's not weird. And he's just like, OK, you know, I get it. And if you change your mind, let me know. That's amazing. And, you know, we still all have drinks together every night and hang out and it's never weird. That's awesome. So I feel like the open door is literally just like if today's the day you change your mind, here you go. Yeah, it's probably, <laughs> literally, no, probably. no pressure, but just like options still there. I actually, I feel yeah. like I'm that person for many of my friends, or I was. Not now during COVID, but I had at least a phase where I was kind of like that. Let's see. Okay, what have we not covered? Are Yeah, are there any other sexual disasters or triumphs or weird things, awkward things, amazing things that we haven't covered yet? We, my girlfriend and I like to have, like, drinks with our roommates, and it's kind of like a tradition. At least once a week, we'll watch movies, and we'll have, have a couple of drinks, and, like, we've never been the type to go to the bar, but we're the type to have a glass of wine while we're cooking. Yeah. And one night, for whatever reason, she was like, well, let's get tequila. <laughs> and so we made margaritas, and we got tequila drunk, which is, I don't know how to explain the difference in it. You get a little feistier, <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> she started being like outwardly no discretion in front of everybody like trying to piss me off and like embarrass me oh. and not in like and she knows that I'm in it like into it not in any way that she crossed the line but like <laughs> and we were like it, it just like totally pissed me off and then afterwards I like like I like kind of I cut the night early and I was like okay you need to get your ass upstairs I don't give a fuck about these people anymore like get your ass upstairs and it was like like a crazy, I I fucked her in the ass with that dildo really, like a little bit more, not harder, but like just like in the whole vibe, just, yeah, very is the, intense. The, this is the glass that, dildo? Yeah. Does it, how do you hold it? Does it have like a holding handle? Like how do you fuck with it? Yeah. It has like a, like a ball at the end that you just kind of like, I will sometimes like Got quite it. literally like hold it in my hand like this yeah. or hold it like this. And but, Okay, cool. Do either of you guys squirt? I don't know. I feel like yeah. there's been times where there's just like so much. There was so much cum that it had to have been yeah. that 
but I can never remember. I can't, nothing like I've seen in porn where it's like a stream across the room or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever streamed across the room, but I've definitely have, like, I feel like anytime there's a sploosh, there's an, in, there's a squirt happening inside for sure. Oh, like, it's yeah, like that extra. For sure, that happens quite yeah. frequently. Mm. So, do people in your life know that you have a kink dynamic? It sounds like it's kind of on the DL based on that story. It's mostly people, just like the people that live with us, like our roommates kind of know it's like hard to not pick up on it. But I don't like we never really talk about it. And then we don't try to keep it on the hush, but we just never bring it up. And what does she call you? Okay, okay. That was something that I was actually going to bring up because we we want to have a name. But I am a very like I my sex, I identify as a female. But my, like, gender, I'm a little bit more non-binary. Yeah. And so, like, daddy doesn't sound right to me. That's not me. Mommy is not right to me either. And there's, like, no gender-neutral one that's, like, hot. Like, we've even... Parent. And they'll be, like, boss or captain. And I'm, like, I'm not... I'm not... Don't call me captain. That's not... Yeah. That's not me. I don't have... So we've been looking for one to adopt that nothing has come that feels right. It's mm-hmm. usually just like I'm baby and she's baby girl. Mm. Are you actively researching it at all? Or like, what do you like? What are yeah titles? We do like sometimes when we're having this conversation yeah. about just like our power dynamic in general, we'll like she'll like Google and she'll be on Reddit, like especially for having car trips because like if we're road tripping to like my parents' house or her parents' house, we usually will just put on your podcast and then <laughs> and towards like halfway through, like what well, the volume will come down. Cause we're talking about something and she'll yeah. be like on like on Reddit pages, looking for names to call me or like looking for like supplies to buy or something like that. Amazing. Amazing. I think in one of the fantasies that I wrote, I had a character that was like my fantasy dom, but they are non-binary, like based off of, well, and I think I titled them Lover with a capital L. And and the hmm. and, and so for, I'm trying to think like the week where I was writing it, I, I remember feeling really charged around that word because it's sort of like, you know, just whatever, it's whatever, it's, the, it's what you assign to it, but it's like finding something that feels yummy and juicy. And I think that's, that's become my new favorite word to talk about partners in general because it's hotter than saying my partner. And I love calling someone my lover. Like I love just saying, hello, lover. So just, just throwing out ideas. It is also, it also contains the word love, which a lot of people don't like. So, you know, I don't know. Okay, if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age would you pick and what would you say? I would probably pick about 11 or 12 when the... The depths of things were going on with the part-time culting and the part-time not culting and kind of tell myself that this vision is not you and this will go away. Fuck yeah. Finn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited for this for weeks. Lovely humans. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcasts, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. (laughs) I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, Apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. 
sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Wiley.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love, to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection.